I think I said it the first night, but it bears repeating that I, I didn't struggle when it came to trying to decide speakers. I didn't wrestle with it. It was just, it was just there. It was just in my heart. It was just settled in my spirit that these three men were the men not only that I wanted, but that God wanted. And I think that's proven to be true. I think it's proven to be true. And so, Brother Riley, we love you dearly. We love your family. And um, we appreciate your friendship through the years. Now, he's brought his guitar. And I told him, he said, do you mind if I play and sing. I said, no, I want you to. I told some people, he didn't know this, I told some people, I said, he's just a cowboy. <laughs> so we, we got, we got. in fact, they said, well, I won't tell that. I might give away something, I won't tell that. But anyhow, you're welcome. I'll wait till he gets done preaching to tell some other things, but no, no, no. I love the Rileys. I do. Now, I'll tell you what. I, I told someone today, I said, he's not intimidated by anybody. In case you hadn't figured that out, he's not intimidated by anybody. And I told someone else, I said, there really ought to be an O in front of that Riley because the Irish comes out real often. And uh, you, you can tell it. And I love this man, and he really is like a brother to me talked about the time that he spent uh, my parents took him in and so glad my mom feels like being here tonight so glad to have her in service here and um, but he really is like a brother and I'm so honored that he's come I want him to take his liberty tonight sing, preach just do what he feels if he feels like preaching another conviction message, then preach. We need more conviction preaching. We got too much feel-good preaching going on these days. Feel-good preaching is not going to change anybody. This I'm okay, you're okay is not going to take anybody to heaven. Because we're not okay got to preaching on some things and somebody said you don't trust me I said you're right because you got flesh I don't trust me <laughs> I trust Jesus now, we got to learn how to crucify this flesh and let the spirit of God live through us so preacher preach to me tonight preach to me tonight take your liberty God bless you come amen obey the Holy Ghost tonight Praise God, everybody. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a good hand praise and give him thanks for all he's done. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. Praise God. You may be seated tonight. Go ahead and get those microphones set up. And while they're doing that, make a couple remarks. There's been a lot of things said, and I will not... Um, I will not hold you till next Wednesday, I promise. Uh, we'll just uh, try to do what we need to do. And, um, and uh, 
you know, I know you probably heard about that that uh, old rooster in the barnyard watching that hen, uh, and uh, she was just fascinated. She was kept running out on the road and looking at that stripe going down the middle of the road, those little stripes, and and he got out there, that rooster went out and said, what in the world are you doing? She said, I've just got this fascination, this feeling that I need to, to lay an egg right here in the middle of this highway. And he, he said, what are you saying? He said, that she said, that's what I got to do. He said, all I know to tell you is lay it on the line and do it quick. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to try to lay it on the line and do it quick tonight. Amen, do all I can. But uh, these... The, as he said, these services don't come around but once in a lifetime. And you don't have many men that will stay somewhere um, this long. And um, there's reasons for that. Sometimes it's the preacher. Sometimes it's the church. But this church has seemed to have uh, what it takes that this man loves. And God loves this church and this man. And it was a beautiful, beautiful relationship has come out of this and uh, if there's, I know we talked about Elder Burgess saying he don't like somebody asking, but I'll, I will take a little more monitor. So uh, I, I kind of tax my voice this morning, just if you can afford to give me some. That sounds better. Not that I sound better, but, uh, you know, if you ever was in a position like this, if you can't hear yourself, you try to get louder to overcome, and then, you know, then your voice just kind of, takes a hiatus, but I'm thrilled to be here. Um, I would have gladly consented and given this uh, opportunity, this spot to one of these other men um, that are so capable, and we've heard some amazing preaching. Brother Myers, a man done a, um, well, I don't have the right words. It would do it injustice if I was to say it was he did a great job or he did a wonderful job. He just walked in the Holy Ghost. He walked in the Holy Ghost. He helped us. I have been marvelously helped, amen, by the ministry, amen, of Brother Myers and my first time to hear him, and I've already asked him to come down to Aransas Pass, and I want him to come down and those poor little bruised lambs, they need some oil and I'm going to ask him to bring some of that down there and help, help salve, put some salve on them to help them. He's such a good, he's a good preacher. I know he'll do that. And so we're going to set that up here soon. And then as well, um, Brother Burgess and Brother Burgess and I, we um, actually we were uh, ordained together and we've spent time together. And I was so thrilled to have uh, been able to be with him and his family. And they are such true people there. What you see is what you get. There's no guile in, in these men. There's no deception. What you see is what you get. It's who they are. And that's why your pastor um, has brought them to this church. You're not going to find out later on that they were somebody else, that they're a chameleon and they change colors depending on what group they get with. They are who they are. They know who they love and who they serve. And I appreciate them today. And uh, again, to the church, you are an amazing church. You're a great church. I don't want you to um, feel like uh, that you have to take a back seat to anybody. What you did in this conference um, just made me so happy. I was happy. I was because you know I know it reflects on your pastor if you're not doing so hot. 
you know, they're going to think he's not teaching you anything. But the, the fact was, you know, somebody said the proof was in the pudding. We didn't have pudding, but it was in the cake. And it was in the meals, and it was in the presentation that, that you have great leadership, and you took what they gave you, and you made the most of it. And I just want to say thank you for all that you've done. I want to thank you for the basket or the, the bag that had all the things in it. I want to thank you for the comfortable room and, uh, and uh, all of the things that you've done. Uh, the, the car that was loaned to me. Um, to get around and move around a little bit. And all that you've done, I, I just want to say thank you again. Uh, love, Brother and Sister Riggin. And uh, yeah, maybe that's all I need to say tonight. Just I just talk about the Riggins tonight. They, they are worthy of double honor. They are certainly worthy of double honor. Why? Because they have ruled well. They have ruled well. Amen. And not just ruling you, but the spiritual part of this. Amen. Spirits in this area recognize, amen, this man as the angel of this city. Amen. There's a, there's a, a power that this man possesses. And even as his body ages and we all are going through this time and we'll get weaker physically. But I'll tell you what, this man can step behind this pulpit and when an evangelist or a guest speaker just can't seem to get the breakthrough, this man can step here. Amen. And heaven and hell takes notice. This is the man of God for this hour. Amen. For, the, for such a time as this. And uh, we have traveled in and out of the country. We, he talked a little bit about it, and we have raised our families together. And we just could spend the rest of the night talking about some of these experiences. And I would have you laughing. I would have you crying. I would have you in amazement at some of the things that the test that they had to go through to get here. Amen. Before you ever knew them, God had already proved them. No, you, you thought this was their proving ground. You know what? They, could, they were not equipped to take what was here and the spirits they defied. God proved them before they got here. And that's why they have been, as you've heard, the success that they have been. Success is not always num uh, measured in numbers. It's not measured in building projects and all the rest of this. But if they can bring a church to the kingdom of God, and see you and your family enter to those gates and make the city and have a place at the table. Friend, that's what I call success. I say that's what, I, that's what Jesus called success. Taking what God's given and multiplying it. Amen. Bringing back a harvest. And that's what it is all about. And good to get to meet some of the new ones. And it's always good to see um, new people. And... Um, I had a young man that was helping me one time, and Sister Riggin, he was just, you know, he didn't mean anything by it, but he was got up behind the pulpit, and he said, I'm tired of seeing the same old faces all the time. And I jumped up and yelled, thank God for the same old faces. <laughs> it's good to see some of you that have been here throughout time, 
and the faithful saints and those that God's added to the, this church family. It's, it's, it's wonderful. Now, I'm missing my bride and missing her much, but I do keep her picture on my phone and on my iPad, and if things get tough, I will just switch that right over. I'll just close my eyes. I won't look at you anymore, and I'll look at her and my granddaughter, and, and all of a sudden the anointing will return, amen, and I will get where I need to be, and I miss my bride. She is at home tonight kind of taking care of, uh, of my business there, and, and I appreciate her, but she sends her love. She, I'll say this, and I've got to get moving, but um, my wife is, is not an extrovert. She's not really what you would call a people person. How could this be? Well, it's just the way it is. She is very comfortable around Sister Riggin. That's why we go places together. And, and Sister Newlish is another one. She's comfortable around. But she got some pretty harsh treatment by preacher's wives at conferences and meetings. Not like this one, but back when we were in the company, the host of other, you know, other tribes. And, well, you know, enough said about that. But, you know what, they just snobbed her and whatever. And so she just, you know, she, she's not a person that likes that kind of a thing. She don't want attention as well. And uh, But I, I watched them sing together, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to sing with my wife when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. That we sung one song in the history of our pastorate, 30-something years, and we sung one song together, and uh, I'm going to go get her to sing with me. That, that was great. That was great. And I'll, I might have seen y'all recording of it. Amen. It might make the top ten of the bottom half, but it'll go. it'll be there somewhere. But you know what? It's it's so good to have a spouse that that loves loves the truth and loves the the church and the things of God. All right, thank the Lord. All right, I'm gonna sing a little bit. I think might as well. Amen. Nothing else I'm doing here is working. So, Amen. Let's just go ahead and Amen. Sing and if that just turns out to be a you know a really bad you know spoiled terrible thing, well then we'll preach. And if that don't do it, I'll get in that motor home and I'll go on down the road. If I go and all my hoses are roll, rolled up, that's because Brother Riggins tired of me. Amen. Praise God. Are you glad to be in church? Won't we stand to our feet and just love the Lord here today? Praise God. Hallelujah. It take me a second to get ready. Come on, just go ahead and praise him. We'll see if we can do this today. All right. Praise God. Here you go. Scoot that back for me, brother. Thank the Lord for good help. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Let's sing this song. Oh, Aunt Audrey, I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for coming. Praise God. Thank you for coming. Come on. 
not to cry. And I can't sing while I'm crying. Some people do, country western people do, but I can't sing. But I'm crying. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Come to church a long time ago when this was a popular song. Talked about this morning. And I'm going to try to sing it. Amen. And dedicate this to Ann Audrey. Amen. There's a lighthouse on the hillside that overlooks life's sea. When I'm tossed about, it sends out a light that I might see. And it's a light that shines in darkness now will safely lead me home. And if it wasn't for that lighthouse, my ship would sail no more. And I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to him. Jesus is the lighthouse, and from the rocks of sin, he has shown a light around me that I might clearly see. And if it wasn't for that lighthouse, tell me where would this ship be? Everybody that lives around me, they say tear that old lighthouse down. They say the big ships don't sell this way anymore. There's no use have it standing around. But then my mind goes back to that stormy night when just in time I saw the light. It was the light from that old lighthouse that still stands up there on the hill and I thank God for the lighthouse I owe my life to him oh King Jesus is the lighthouse and from the rocks of sin oh he has shown a light around me that I might clearly see and if it wasn't for that lighthouse tell me where would this ship be everybody that lives around me they say tear that old lighthouse down they say the big ships they don't sail this way anymore there's no use have them standing around but then my mind goes back 
that stormy night with just in time I saw the light it was the light of that old lighthouse that still stands up there on the hill and I thank God for the lighthouse I owe my life to him oh King Jesus he is the lighthouse and from the rocks of sin he has shown his light around me oh that I might clearly see and if it was for that lighthouse tell me where would this ship be and if it was for that lighthouse tell me where would this ship be Yes, Lord. Where would I be? Where would I be? Amen. If Jesus hadn't come my way. Amen. And brought me out. Amen. Hallelujah. This next little chorus. Amen. I pulled it off an old tape back in 1960s. Brother Don Johnson. Amen. Uh, wrote this chorus. And I'm going to sing it for you here today. Amen. A little song, actually. We're going to stick in the key of C. Amen. You can be seated. Yeah, hallelujah. In this modern day, this changing age, I'm glad my God remains the same. For he's the first and he's the last. His word declares that he's the future, he's the past. I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know one of his many years ago I met my wonderful friend and he directs my steps leads my soul from sin in the darkest night he is the light and against my foes he helps me fight well I never fear oh for he is near and he is with me every moment of the year I'm glad I know who Jesus is. I'm glad I know I'm one of his. Many years ago, I met my wonderful friend. And he directs my steps, keeps my soul from sin. In this modern day, this changing age, I'm glad my God all remains the same. For he's the first he's the last his word declares that he's the future he's the past well I'm glad I know who Jesus is aren't you glad you know you're one of his many years ago I met my wonderful friend he, he directs my steps keeps my soul from sin well I'm glad I know who Jesus is I'm so glad I know 
I'm one of his. Many years ago, I met my wonderful friend. And he directs my steps, keeps my soul from sin. Many years ago, I met my wonderful friend. He directs my steps, keeps my soul from sin. Is he directing your steps? I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Well, let's get our Bibles. What time is it? Almost eight. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm on it. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. Amen. But I'm going to do my best tonight to, amen, be as succinct and get what I need to say even done tonight I pray God will help us and um, turn to 2 Corinthians with me chapter 11 and we'll turn to verse 32 and 33 uh, two verses of scripture here 2 Corinthians 11 and 32 thank the Lord thank the Lord in Damascus the Bible said the governor under Aretas king uh, kept the city of Damascenes Amen. With the garrison, uh, desirous, Paul said, to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall, Paul said. The governor desired to apprehend me. But I was thankful that there was a window and a basket and some saints and I escaped the hand of my adversary. Amen. Tonight, amen, for just a few minutes of time, amen, I, I'm, I'm going to ask somebody a question. I'm going to ask this church a question. My title will, uh, will be... Um, um, well, not just a question. I'm going to ask you a question today. Are you ready to help your pastor? Amen. Accomplish the things of God. And you know the enemy is going to try to do what he can to destroy him. How many is going to get behind and get with your pastor? Praise God. And so, amen, tonight, I gave you, got you to get me that little prop. Amen. Tonight, amen, I'm going to preach a thought that I've got. Amen. Tonight, and I'm going to, I'm going to title it simply this. Somebody help me hold this rope. Somebody help me hold this rope. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on. I've heard a lot of sermons. Amen. About the apostle Paul in jail. Amen, I've heard sermons and preached them about the Apostle Paul on Mars Hill. Amen, we've talked about Apostle Paul in a shipwreck. Amen, we've talked about and preached about Paul standing before Felix. Paul standing before the Sanhedrin. But tonight in my text, we have Paul in a basket. 
Hallelujah. It may not sound as glorious as those other messages, but I promise you tonight, if you'll just stick with me for a few minutes, amen, you'll understand, amen, we need some people, amen, to bind together in Jesus' name, amen, and get a spirit about them, amen, to do a mighty work and help this man of God, amen, as we move in, amen, to these next few years. God's got a great thing, amen, in store, in mind for this church, amen, and one man and cannot and will not do long. I just need somebody to help me help him. I said I need somebody to help me help your man of God. Praise God. How many is going to let the preacher preach to you for a few minutes? Lift both of those hands to the Lord and say, God, here I am. Talk to me. Jesus, have your way. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God, glory to God. Holy, holy, holy. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated for a few moments. Amen. Seen a country magazine. Papa Jay, Mama Jay got me for a while interested in seeing this magazine called Country Magazine. And uh, while I was perusing even and, and, and scanning the pages, I came upon, amen, a, a very wonderful sight. And I, I saw the pictures. They had photos uh, of the progress uh, of, a, of a church that was owned and operated by uh, a group of people. They are not apostolic. Um, but, uh, but these people, I don't, they, they were not... Uh, uh, Mennonite, but they were Amish people. Who they were, Amish people, and uh, they were they had their little unusual clothing, you know, their homespun pants, and they all had their beards, you know, with no mustaches. They had their hats on, the white homespun shirts, and and they were all together, and they were getting ready to to uh, to move a church. Now, when I saw this picture, I didn't know what was in store, but as I began to flip the pages, I realized that this was going to be a pretty marvelous feat because these people had somehow acquired another piece of property that was up the road and up the hill a little ways. They had a building. It was a good building, but they wanted to put it on another piece of property. And so, as only those men can do, they got together and they began to work. And they loosed that church building from its foundation. And they underpinned it. They got it all amen, secured and supported amen, by all the lumber working together. And then and they put handrails all the way around that building. I said, they put handrails, amen, around the building. And I saw the picture, amen, of those men and everybody standing one in front of the other, amen, everybody finding their place, amen. And I don't know if it's on account of three or whatever it was, but when the signal came, everybody, amen, used their strength and they literally lifted that building, amen, up off of its foundation. And they began to walk it off of that property, up the street, up the hill, and put it on a new prepared foundation, even on the top of that hill. Oh, I will tell you, even there's a lot that can be accomplished if everybody in this church would find their place.
I said, if everybody here would not just sit back and just say, I'm going to let somebody else do my job. It's time for this church, amen, to reach a higher plane. There's a vision in your pastor's heart, amen, that God has put there to do more for the kingdom of God. You say, my Lord, he's already done so much here and overseas in Africa. But I'm going to tell you, if God gives this man a little more life, he's got more to write. He's like the apostle Paul. He's got more cities that are going to feel the impact of the ministry of this man of God. But what God wants this church to do, amen, is to move this church to move this church into another dimension. I'm not talking about the physical building, but I'm talking in the spiritual realm. Amen, this church has got a mandate from God tonight, amen, to do something, and I'm asking you to do it, amen, that God will use you, and God's gonna get the glory, and you'll stand back in amazement, and people will say, look what the Lord has done, and he's gonna do it through you. He wants to do it through you. Come on, somebody get a hold of this thing. I said, somebody get a hold Amen. and lift. I said, somebody get a hold of it and lift. Put your back into it. Put your muscles into it. Put your heart into it. Put your heart into it. When you sing, put your heart into it. When you teach Sunday school, put your heart into it. Whatever this man even decides to do, even don't stiff arm him and say, I don't feel, amen, that I got a part of this. Oh, yes, you do. Roll up your sleeves. Get in your place and lift. Praise God and lift. Amen, you'll be surprised what they can do in the flesh, how much more we can do in the Holy Ghost. Amen, Satan hates this tonight. I said he don't want this to take hold. I said, he don't want this to take hold. We could sit here and lament and amen and cry. Amen. And hang our harps on the willow and talk about who used to be here and what we had. Amen. And what people used to say. But I'm here to tell you, I'm not interested. Amen. And going back over and trying to deal with spilt milk. There are things I can't control, but one thing I can't control, and that's my attitude. Amen. My position. Amen. My place in the kingdom of God. God didn't put you here to be a Pentecostal pew potato and be like some drapes hanging over the pews every service. God said, get in this thing and lift. Get your brother, get your sister, teach your children. We didn't come to this church even just to be fed, but we are workers in the kingdom of God. We've got a place, we've got a call. Somebody help me tonight. Somebody help this preacher. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready to help. I'm ready to help. Amen. If they didn't say anything, amen, ask him, are you going to help me? Are you going to help me? Come on, turn to somebody else and say, are you going to help this pastor? Come on, I'm going to have you talking to yourself in just a minute. You might as well talk to your neighbor. Praise God. You can be seated tonight. Oh, there was drama in Damascus. Damascus was a city, 
of, of gorgeous architecture. White, glistening walls. Some called it, as I studied it out, they called it the eye of the east or a pearl surrounded by emeralds. It was considered a very, uh, a place that you wanted to see, a place that you wanted to go. As we also know, Damascus was known for its swords that was made of the very best material. How many has ever heard even, or seen or maybe you own a knife or a, some kind of a cutting instrument with a Damascus blade? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know, that's okay. But Damascus was known for their steel and not only for their steel, but for the artisans that lived there that were able to build or create, amen, swords, amen, that were second to none. The, the, the steel was of the finest, amen, metal. And they were known more for that than most anything else. But I did find out that they were also known for their fabrics, Amen. In that time. Amen. But uh, there was a horseman by the name of Saul of Tarsus. Somebody said a horseman. How do you know he was a horseman? Because God knocked him down off of his beast. He was riding to Damascus. He was seen riding to the city. And on the way to Damascus, to make a long story short, amen, he was unseated. He was thrown from his saddle. And his horse, amen, that beast that he was riding upon, maybe it was his favorite steed. We don't have a lot of information, but amen, but this man was a man of renown. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. Amen, he was a man with a mission. He was bringing Christians in, even by the hundreds. He been doing what he can to do damage against the kingdom of God. He didn't do it because he thought amen, he was doing something wrong. He thought he was doing right. Amen. But what happened on the road to Damascus? All of a sudden his horse amen, it just fell out from under him. Next thing you know, there's a light so bright in the sky amen, that it blinded this rider for many days. Hallelujah. Some think that that light must have been uh, must have permanently injured his eyesight. Amen. And I don't know amen, whether or not this is so, but I, in one of my uh, commentaries I read, amen, they said that that defect uh, of his vision, amen, might have been that thorn, uh, amen, that he prayed about that in, in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, that God would take away from him, uh, that thorn, that physical ailment, praise God. But nevertheless, uh, he started for Damascus to do what? To butcher Christians. To kill Christians. To kill these one God. Jesus named people. Praise God. But after that hard fall from his horse, he was became a changed man. Thank God for that story. Praise God. And he left him in that middle of the road. And next thing we know, he is not chasing Christians down, but he's preaching Christianity. He is preaching Christ. Until the city of Damascus is going to be shaken to its foundation. And when the mayor of the city heard about this upstart that was causing so much trouble, he, met, he 
got out his pen and he signed a warrant. He gives the authority for the, for the arrest of this man and the cry going out was kill this man. Stop him in his tracks. Don't let this man amen, amen, cause an uprising here in Damascus. We've got everything like we want it. Our economy is good. Tourists are here. There's people coming and buying and selling and all of a sudden, this man claiming, amen, he's had a great rendezvous, amen, with the almighty God has got this city stirred up and what we're going to do, we're going to stop it in his tracks. Oh, hallelujah. And the cry, amen, to destroy him, the man that was the destroyer is now being chased, amen, by the people of the city and those in authority. This city was surrounded by a high wall. And the gates were watched by the police. And this present, uh, this present situation where this man was preaching this outrageous doctrine about a man resurrecting from the dead was more than what they could stomach. And now we find the apostle Paul, amen, now becoming a fugitive. Amen. Himself. He's been doing what the other Christians are doing. And now he's going into hiding. And these houses that were built on this wall, many of them would have balconies built in them or windows even on the wall. And I know this may sound elementary, but I want to just go ahead and make it plain. Amen. This wall of the city had a balcony or a window on it. And they, these people would open their windows and many times it was customary for them to have a rope and a basket on the end of that rope. And rather than going down the, the way, down the, the stairs, over to the wall, to the gate, going through all that, fighting the crowds, amen, when the, when the people would come and bring produce or they would bring needs, they would stand out there, amen, in that window and they would lower the rope with a basket on the end. They would lower the rope. I don't even know what's on the other side of this pulpit. I guess I'll look. Anybody over there? Hallelujah. And they would lower the rope. He went down to the other side. He went to it. It got to the bottom with a basket. And the people, amen, would put the produce, eggs, milk, cheese, Happy Meals, whatever they wanted, and they would give it a tug, and they would pull that rope, amen, with that basket, amen, with their goods, amen, and this was the way of doing commerce in, in Damascus. It was one of the things that they learned to do. It was a way, it was the easier way to do business, amen, where these people lived. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody tonight, amen, that God wants to use somebody, amen, tonight to help me, amen, in this service, amen. I'm going to be calling on you in just a few minutes.
minutes, amen. But I'm gonna tell you, it was customary to lower these biscuits, but now there was a drama, there was a scene, amen, detectives were out, and they were searching for this man called Saul of Tarsus. They were looking for him, going house to house, amen, looking for this man by the name of Paul, this converted man, amen. His friends, amen, tried to hide him. His friends did whatever they could. They moved him from place to place. Now the apostle Paul, he was not a coward. Amen, his life would demonstrate, amen, that he was not a man that would run, amen, in a, in, in a, for impression's sake. He was a man that knew how to stand. But here we find him, amen, hiding, moving from place to place. Amen, why? Because he was going to try his best to evade being assassinated. And all of a sudden, they heard sounds. Is the preacher in there coming down the hallway, door to door, searches going on without warrants. Amen, people, amen, crying, he's not here, let us in. And the people who were hiding said, you gotta get out of here. And maybe they escorted him over from place to place, moving incognito through the crowd of people, amen, that had clenched fists, even sometimes, even moving from house to house, amen. I'm telling you, we don't know the full story, amen, but it was a fight for survival. Praise God, but finally, this infuriated population, amen, the police, amen, it's, it's doing their best to, to, to carry out the warrants, amen, that was out for this man, amen, began, amen, to sniff out the trail, amen, we've searched the houses on this side, we've searched the homes on that side, he's not there, he can only be in this vicinity, and it was closing, that dragnet was closing in on the apostle Paul, praise God, somebody cried out, I think he's in here. They can hear it. Even the muffled noise through the walls and through the doors. Even the mob began to surge. Even toward that house. The pursuers howling out. Even find him. Stop him. I'm telling you, the angry mob was beside themselves. Oh, come on, somebody. Even flush out that gospel preacher. Bring out that apostolic man of God. We'll stop. Amen. This heresy. Amen. In its tracks. Oh, I'm telling you, it was an emergency. It was a time of peril. But thank God, there was a good, stout basket. Thank God that there was a good, strong rope. Thank God there were some friends. Amen. That said, Paul, or Saul, whatever they were calling him at that time, there's only one way out of here. You can't go out that door to the, to the streets. You can't go down the steps. You can't even go to the next house. We've done all we can do. There's only one thing you can do. And so Paul's friends, amen, attached the rope, amen, to a basket, amen, and the apostle Paul, amen, stepped into that basket. My great 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 grandmother had a, had a, a restaurant over here in Siloam Springs, uh, Arkansas, and, and over in Gentry. And, and, but the one she had in Siloam Springs had what they call a dumb waiter. Now we didn't have any of those today at the church. Amen. Praise God. But they had. How many know what? How many young people know what a dumb waiter is? 
one or two or three maybe. You know what a dumb waiter is? That doesn't mean that guy that waited on you at Chili's last week. He might have been dumb, but that's not what I'm talking about. They will have a restaurant and they'll have the dining, uh, even maybe at the lower level. And the, and the, rest, and the cooks uh, are cooking the food up on the top. And, and they have, what they'll do is you put in your order and they will put that order in and send it in a little, there's a little, like a little small elevator. And, and they'll put it in there and they'll send that to the top and it'll come up, the door opens, they take the order, they put, they make your order, they cook your food and they, and they send it back down, amen, that same little small elevator, amen, down, down where those people, and they'll take it and serve it to you. You don't ever have to be where the kitchen is. It's called a dumbwaiter. This was the, the Bible's first dumbwaiter. It was a basket with a rope and some saints of God. I said it was a basket with a rope and a preacher. Amen. It was a gospel preacher. Amen. Amen. That has, amen. He's got something more to do. Amen. It was a time to have his life snuffed out. Thank God that in a time of emergency, thank God when peril comes to the church, thank God that the church has a good strong rope and a good strong basket and a man of God and a desire to see the gospel continue on. And they attached that rope to that basket and they took that basket and they took it to the edge of the balcony and just like they had lowered it many times before even one time they would put their coins in it and they would bring up even cucumbers they would they would lower down even their laundry they would lower down even some finances but today even this had greater impact even not just on them but on the world to come even they had the most precious commodity even in their hands I said they had the greatest thing that ever will come through their doors at their disposal and they could not fail in this quest come on come on Paul taking hold of the rope even with both of his hands and they begin to let the rope down further and further even the rope goes down until the basket strikes the ground and the apostle Paul steps out of the basket and he starts out alone on foot begins to head for the most famous missionary journey into Jerusalem and the story which will astonish heaven and earth Paul said, through a window and through a basket, I was let down by a wall and I escaped the hands of my adversary. I'm all here to say tonight in a few short minutes, even sometimes some of the greatest things even hang on the most slim hope. Even I'm telling you today, even the things even that counted the most were things you would never think about. Amen, who was the man that made that rope? Or the woman, who was the rope maker? Who twisted that cord that was fastened to that basket? That person, whoever he or she would, that got up one day and said, I'm gonna make a rope today. I'm gonna make a cord. Amen, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna make this one strong. They had no idea. Amen, they never understood at that moment how much would depend upon their workmanship. 
Come on, if that rope would have broken, then the apostle's life and his ministry would have been dashed to pieces. Amen, below on the rocks below. Oh, but what happened? Amen, that moment is somebody who said, I'm gonna do what I do best. I'm gonna put everything I got into this. Amen, they didn't know how important it was when they were making their rope, but everything, amen, in our New Testament was gonna depend upon that rope. I said everything, amen, in our lives as Gentiles is going to depend upon, amen, that rope. If it broke, everything was going to be over. What would have become of the New Testament church? All the missionary work in Pamphylia, Cappadocia, Galatia, Macedonia would have never been accomplished if somebody would have had a bad day. If somebody would have got up and said, I don't think I'm going to put my best in that rope today. I think I'm just going to do it as cheap as I can. I'm going to do my workmanship. It's not important to me. Amen. Amen. Come on. This rope might have been there weeks. It might have been there months. I don't know how long ago it was made, but somebody life depended. And amen. And our spiritual life depends on something. Amen. Just like a rope like this today. All the writings that make up the majority of the New Testament would have never been written. Who would have told us in so much detail about the story of the resurrection if somebody hadn't put their effort in making a good solid rope? That rope holding that basket, it bore the weight, the strain, amen, of a preacher. How much depended on it? Again and again, there have been great results that have hung on things that at the time seemed so insignificant. He meant so thin and so slender. He meant the circumstances. How many ships, amen, have, have carried great men across the oceans and the seas? The deepest oceans have been traversed, amen, by massive ships and great ships, expensive, amen, wayfaring ships. But has there ever been a more important vessel and a more important passenger than a little three or four foot vessel made with waterproof reeds pitched within, amen, amen, and floating on a river called Nile? Amen. And there was an infant lawgiver that was the only passenger. Amen. The lawgiver to the Israelites was on board. Amen. Come on. Amen. What did it all hang on? A little small little lifeboat. A little small, amen, little vessel. Come on. You say, what if a crocodile came by and crunched it? What if some cattle, amen, coming through getting a drink of water, waded into the, to the Nile to get a drink and they sunk it? Amen. I'm telling Amen. There are many warships that have gone out to sea. Amen. There have been many powerful, amen, cannons and guns. Amen. That have been laid upon those ships and they've sailed out in the flotillas in the sea. But this tiny craft, amen, didn't have a gun. It didn't have a cannon, but it was armed with all the guns of the thunders of heaven. Amen. God, amen, looked at this man called the Moses. Amen. And said, He will 
be my chosen and it all even hung in the balance in a little small craft. I'm here to tell you every time you take a child in your arms or you put them on your knee and you begin to tell them about Jesus, you don't know who you're holding. I said every time you get a Sunday school class together in those three and four and five years old, you say, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. You don't know who you've got in your arms. You don't know the next revivalist, the next preacher, the next missionary that'll follow this man into Africa. You don't know even who stands before you. The historical importance of that fragile little craft. I know it's a practical message tonight. Amen. Amen. People say, I feel so insignificant. You tell that devil he's a liar. Amen. All I do in this church, amen, is just make a rope. All I do in this church is make a little ark. All I do, amen, is some insignificant things. But the smallest things, the most minute things, amen, God can take them in his hand and do some things of the greatest magnitude that's ever happened in this church. I don't know who you are, sister, but you are a soul winner. Amen. Come on. And the devil's got you buffaloed and back down and he's got you feeling inferior but I'm here to tell you in Jesus' name, you just get up and let somebody know what God's done for you. There's a revival in you. You just do what God's called you to do and do it well. Oh, you say, I don't feel like I'm doing anything. All I'm doing is pushing a vacuum cleaner. All I'm doing is making some dinners. All I'm doing, amen, is going even door to door or taking care of a widow or whatever it is I'm doing. I'm telling you, friend, it's the small things that matters in God's sight. I said, it's the small things. Come on, that matter. There was an eastern star that began to shine and began to move. And you know what brought it down? It wasn't a kingdom. Amen. With great palaces. It was a little small stable. Amen. A little infant. Amen. In a small little manger. A little boat made of papyrus freighted on the Nile River. The event for all ages. The fate of Christianity when Paul stepped in that basket. The fate of Christianity was held up by a basket and a rope. My point here tonight is if you are going to make a rope, make it strong. Make it true. Because you don't know how much may depend upon your workmanship. If you make a boat, let it be a waterproof boat. I said, if you preach a gospel, amen, let it be a waterproof gospel. Let it be a fireproof gospel. I said, if you're gonna witness, uh, come on, don't say, well, you wouldn't wanna come to church, would you? No, come on. Uh, come on, God said, I'll give you power. After that, the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you have power, you shall be witnesses. Uh, after you say, it's a small thing. All I can do is knock doors. Uh, come on, just do it with all your heart. All I can do is write letters uh, to those who miss church. Uh, do it with all your heart. Whatever you find to do it, do it with all your heart. 
Hallelujah. If you've got a little child, and I've raised my children, and thank God they're all living for God today. But if you're raising your child, amen, don't say, amen, these kids are a pain to me. I wish they never have. I got things I want to do. You don't know who God's put in your hands. Come on. Amen. When you put a Bible in your child's hands, don't expect them to understand it. You take time with them. Train up a child in the way they should go. Be diligent to help them understand the importance of the word because you do not know what mission in life that that child will have. What you think is casual and accidental may be a big deal in the plan of God. And that rope that lets that fugitive apostle Paul down from that Damascus wall, amen, is a cable that holds the mooring of the ship of the, of the church today. And we have watched that ship, amen, amen, ride the storms of the century. And we are here today because somebody said, amen, I'm going to make a good rope today. I said, I'm going to make a good rope. Hallelujah. Come on, who spun that rope? Who wove that basket? We don't have a name. Amen. I'm going to say, if you need recognition all the time, you're in the wrong place. I said, if you need your name and lights or on the sign out front, you're in the wrong place. Go down to the other church. They'll do that for you. But if you're in this church, amen, we may not know anything about you, but that you made a rope. Amen. You are involved in the things of God. And when the preacher stepped in that basket, who was it that helped him in? Who was it that steadied the man of God? Who was it that took him by the hand and by the arm and said, careful, careful, Saul, careful, Paul. Amen, be careful. We can't lose you now. Amen, come on, hallelujah. I know some people hate this preacher. I know some people, he could care less if he comes or goes, but I'm looking for somebody. Amen, come on. I'm looking for somebody who's gonna say, come on, it's time to get in the basket. Amen, come on, come on, help me. It's time to get in the basket. When you get in this basket, now hang on. Be careful now. Amen, be careful. Let's step on in. We're going to let you down the wall. Hallelujah. Amen. Stay right there. Amen. I need some saints. I need some elders. I need some praying people. I need some people. Amen. With a passion. Amen. And not just sit back and let your pastor push this thing. I need somebody to steady his hand. Be careful. Amen. We don't want you to fall, preacher. We are not going to let the devil have his way with you. I'm going to be. I don't have to have recognition. Just help me steady the man of God. Help me be right there for him. Let him feel my hands on his shoulder. Let him feel the hot tears running down my face. Let him fear my prayers when I'm in prayer meeting. Let him hear the intercession coming from my family for our pastor. Oh, I don't know what the devil's got in plan, but we ain't gonna let him have even our man of God. Steady, pastor. Steady. Amen. There's a basket. God's gonna help us. God's gonna help you. Amen. We want revival in this church. You say, well, I can't get close to him. I can't stand him. I'll tell you what you need to do. There's a mob at the door. I said, there's the police. Amen, the local establishment. They're at the door. I need somebody even to go out there and hold them back. 
Anybody want to help me tonight? Come on. Anybody want to help me? Maybe you can't get that close to your man of God. You can't be the steadiest hands, but somebody's got to see to the door. Somebody, there's a devil that's pounding even on the door. There's an enemy that's trying to beat the door of this church down to get in. Somebody needs to be a strong tower. Somebody needs to be a defense. Somebody going to say, devil, you're not coming in here. You're not about to come in here we got too many people say well sorry Paul you're going to take care of yourself I got to look to my family but nobody in that house was thinking that they knew the consequences of harboring a fugitive they knew even the possibilities that everybody is going to be arrested Amen. how many people have walked in and said he don't care about my family I got to take care of this ain't about you this is about the future of the church the truth church the future of of this assembly. Somebody make a rope. Somebody tie a knot. Even somebody help me. Somebody's holding the mob at bay. Somebody's holding the police at bay. Others were working the rope and the basket. Amen. Hallelujah. There's an attitude here today that I'm preaching to. Amen. Somebody said, what do I do? I need somebody to help me hold the rope. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost is in this house. I said the Holy Ghost is in this house. This is what we talk about, pulling down strongholds. We say amen when it's preached, but this is when we start pulling strongholds, amen, down. That's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. Come on, come on. Somebody take hold. Some of you men, even take hold of that. I just need somebody to hold the rope. If you can't get close to steady his hands, then you hold the rope. I said, if you can't be there by the basket, then somebody help me hold the rope. I don't need people even to stand up and criticize. I don't need people to judge him. I need somebody to hold the rope. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Go ahead. Amen. I know it's an illustration, but heaven is seeing this and hell is seeing this. We don't have to be large in number. We don't have to be a thousand strong. We just need somebody to help me hold this rope. Oh, oh. oh they held the rope. It's a risky undertaking, but they held the rope. Hallelujah. 
You go ahead and hold that rope. But in a few days, you're going to read Paul's letter to the Romans, to the Corinthians, to the Galatians, to the Ephesians, to the Colossians, to the Thessalonians, to Timothy and Titus and Philemon. Where would those letters be if somebody didn't hold the rope? If somebody didn't help in the kingdom of God? You don't need glory, you just need to hold the rope. You don't need recognition, you just need to hold the rope. Any of you ladies wanna come up here tonight? Amen, come on, you wanna join with us? I'm about done preaching tonight. What am I saying tonight? We just need good people, God's people, anointed people, driven people, hungry people, even Holy Ghost filled people to hold the rope. Some of you ladies are intercessors. Amen. Maybe you're not going to be close enough to hold that rope, but I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to hold the devil at bay. Come on, you're gonna put some spiritual wickedness in his place. Come on, some of you young ladies, even get a hold of God tonight and say, God, use me. I know right now you're feeling insignificant because you're not holding that rope, but somebody's gotta hold the enemy back. Somebody's gotta, with me in my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. You and your children, you and the rest of us, uh, amen, are gonna say, not here, not in my house. Uh, You're not attacking my pastor. You're not attacking my pastor's wife. You're not gonna bring chaos. I don't know what life's gonna hold for me, amen, but when I'm done, I just hope somebody can say, I held the rope. I said, I don't know what the end result's gonna be, but let it be said in heaven that I held the rope. I never preached a message. I never sang a special. What did you do? I held the rope. Somebody, somebody help me. That's it, you got to hold that rope. Come on, even there's a weight, there's a responsibility. Hold the rope, hold the rope. Some of you thinking about quitting. Others' hearts are failing with fear. But right now I've got a work to do. I've got to hold the rope. That's it brothers. That's it, sisters. You say, I'm not that close. You got the rope. You're feeling it. Come on. You're feeling the tug of your pastor's heart. You're feeling the tug of his ministry. I said, you're feeling even the pull, even of the ministry. Come on. I said, you're feeling the tug, even of of the burden of the man of God. It's up to you to help him. I said, it's up to you even to get involved. Say, I don't feel anything. Well, then get a hold of the rope. I come to church, I don't feel anything. We'll get a hold of the rope. Come on, hold it, hold it tight. Even don't let it go. The man of God's gonna depend on you. This church is gonna depend on you. 
you'll start feeling something if you get involved or get a hold of this rope. basket was I let down by the wall and I escaped the hands of my adversary Hold up his hands. Steady, steady down, Pastor Riggin. There are winds of doctrine all around us. There are men falling, even all around us. But we're not going to let you fall. I said, We love you. We love you, Pastor Riggin. We love you, Sister Riggin. Amen. You mean too much for this church. And not only to this church, but you mean too much to our country. And not only to our country, but you mean too much to the apostolic world. God's put a special touch, giving him the wisdom to do what he does. I know he's tired, but sometimes all he can do is get in a basket. But you need to be there for him. Don't you ever say, I don't know why he's going over there. He don't care about us. It's not about you only. His burden is God-given. Just hold the rope, hold the rope, hold the rope. 